You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on Public Radio, KUNV 91.5. Hi, I'm Charles Stanton. I'm on the faculty of the Honors College at UNLV and the Boyd School of Law. I'm Lana Weatherald. I'm a third-year law student. And welcome to Social Justice. Social Justice, a conversation. A conversation. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Social Justice, a conversation. We hope you had a lovely Easter, a lovely Passover, whatever you celebrate. And we we hope you also were able to catch up on some of the many interesting things that were in the news this week. So I think we should start off with... Um, what's been happening on the Supreme Court, one of the many follies of this Supreme Court. Um, and Clarence, Clarence Thomas, um, it was it was revealed um, that he had been receiving, you know, we're talking opulent, luxurious vacations, um, not necessarily gifts, but sort of um, access into exclusive things and uh, private jets were being chartered and these fanciful dinners. And um, for those of you that haven't heard about what was going on in that regard, I'm going to let the professor take over and give you the scoop. Yes, hi. Yes, good evening, everybody. Yes, uh, Clarence Thomas, who I don't know, <laughs> you know, you run out of you run out of things to say, but uh, you know, he had a relationship with this man, and the man was apparently a friend of his, Mister Crow, who was the heir to the uh, to the huge uh, real estate fortune, and uh, for apparently for decades, uh, on on this man's dime, he flew around the world. He stayed at the luxurious, most luxurious hotels, the most luxurious cruise ships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all kinds of ethical issues, obviously, uh, uh, about doing that. And the idea that he also was very much involved in Republican politics, the Federalist Society, uh, and obviously uh, uh, being a part of those two institutions, many of, their, many of the cases under their ambit would come before the court. And uh, Clarence Thomas didn't see anything wrong with it. He said he was just a friend. What bothers me, what bothers me, I mean, beside the obvious things that, you know, ethical things that should have been addressed uh, years ago regarding the judiciary and uh, uh, the, um, you know, uh, regulations that they should have put in place for justices and, and et cetera, is here's a guy, here's a guy, he's an intelligent guy, he's a person of color. Name for me any five cases. Name for me any three cases. Name for me even one case where this man ever did anything as a, as a person on the court to help the disprivileged, the poor, the needy, the deprived, the, the 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 victims of racism because I can't think of any. No, in fact, the opposite, which is so interesting because civil rights is the reason he's a black man sitting on the Supreme Court. So it, it's just fascinating. I mean, you're talking about a guy who then, when he's, when he's writing his um, dissent um, in the horrible case that overturned ab- abortion rights in this country, he, he mentions very particularly the next cases that are coming to boot, but then omits loving because that affects... I mean, this is the kind of guy mm. he is, right? Yeah. He knows exactly, you know, what he's doing, who it affects, but he just makes sure he's untouched. And I think that's what this boils down to. This is a guy mm. who believes he's above the law. He knows it's not... It, what he, the kind of quote-unquote gifts he's mm. receiving are not just, you know, because he's by way of being friends with a very rich man. Mm. That's not what's going on here, 
right? He yeah. knows what he's doing is, ob- you know, objectively, morally and and legally incorrect. Yeah. But they believe they're above the law. This is seen across mm. the party, across the board. This is what they believe. They believe that they're untouchable. Mm. And I will guarantee you in this case, he will be right. Yeah. I don't think he'll face any repercussions because they truly and genuinely believe this is just rich people doing rich things and not Mm. the corruption that it is. Yeah, I find it hard to believe, too, that the chief justice did not have some idea about what was going on and that he, regardless of whether or not there was an actual uh, 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 rule or law or what have you, would not have approached him and said, listen, you know, this is not a good look for us you know, it's you, this guy can be your friend, but you can't be going all over the creation. I was a little flabbergasted. Um, I think we, we mentioned it a little bit last week about Justice Breyer and, and Justice Scalia, uh, uh, God rest his soul, um, all the trips that they took. Mm-hmm. Like Scalia took like over 200 trips. Breyer took over 100 trips. I mean, you got to know that you, that's something that's out of bounds. And you know, and steadily, mm. the amount of cases the Supreme Court decides each term is 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 decreasing. You're seeing that, yeah. and and you know, this used to be a court that was constantly shaping the way our country right. and the way things were legislated and the way things were. Not anymore. Yeah, they're not yeah. deciding half as many cases as yeah. they did a hundred years ago. Yeah, I think the I think it's less than half. I think less than half of the amount of cases are being decided by the Supreme yeah. Court than was a hundred years ago. It's not right. Well, I have to I have to say that on this issue in particular. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has been very good. Oh, interesting. You know, last last year, there was a number of articles. They started out with, uh, you know, basically uh, uh, the uh, uh, a, a legislative branch and then the executive branch. And then they got in, into, of course, uh, the federal judiciary mm. and how many of these cases, l- approaching like 40% of the cases, where they had a financial interest, federal judges had a financial interest in, in, this case. in, 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 in hearing this litigation before them. I mean, you know, I'm going to say this because, you know, I'm on the faculty at the law school and, and Lana's going to school here. You can't teach ethics. Yeah. I mean, you can refine a person's ethics, right. you can hone a person's ethics, but you can't teach ethics. And we're seeing like a complete ethical. Uh, um, I don't know, lapse on so many of these people who are highly educated people who clearly don't have any idea what ethics are. Well, I mean, you've got two male predators sitting on the court that you know Um, of, right? (laughs) So at the very least, these were never, you know, the people of moral turpitude that you'd ever Uh want them to be. But yeah, now that it's so brazen and we're aware of this and so much of this has been publicly documented, the kind of money and corruption that's sliding in and around this court, uh, it's it's basically, you know, a defunct kangaroo court in the eyes of many. Um, And and yet it controls so much of of what goes on in this country. It is something to ponder. Yeah. So, you know, and, and and that leads us, of course, you know, the... The actions of the court and and, and uh, over over turning Roe v. Wade is of course the situation now with the with the uh, attempt to ban the uh, 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 pills that aid in 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 in, in getting uh, the termination of, of of the pregnancy. Um, and there was uh, a few days ago a truly mind blowing editorial. Now I'll set this up by saying that. The Wall Street Journal is a very conservative newspaper. Right. It's owned by Rupert Murdoch. 
Uh, I don't remember ever in my memory ever backing a Democratic candidate either for the Senate or high national office, particularly the presidency. I don't think they've ever backed a Democrat for uh, 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 the presidency. But anyway, in their article, in their editorial of a few days ago, they said that the judge who made this decision in mm-hmm. Texas had overreached, that it really wasn't uh, a legally sound decision that he made, and they end the editorial, they end the editorial by saying basically that involving, involving basically either approving or disapproving the FDA regulations or abortion itself, courts should not be involved in it. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, wait a minute. You were fronting for this repeal of abortion for decades. Now, because the political winds have changed, because you've activated youth, you've activated the women's vote, that in a a state that was supposed to have a cliffhanger election, Mm -hmm. the female jurist won by 11 points, and and there's been a complete turnaround, and you're activating actually young people to come to the vote like they've never come before. Now, all of a sudden, we don't want the courts to be involved in anything. Give me a break. I mean, boom, you had the exact analysis I was going to offer, right? Um, It didn't work. It yeah. did not work. It, in fact, I think it had the opposite. Yeah. It, it it spoke to otherwise, people that otherwise were, I don't want to say apathetic towards politics, mm. now had a mobilizer. Yeah. And and this was a mobilizer that affected their health, their future, and everything they had, you know, especially women, right? Women predominantly. Mm. So I, I think you had a group of people that otherwise would have never voted. They, do, they don't, it's a group of women that didn't have to think about politics a lot right. before this. I mean, right. as, as sick as it may seem, they had civil rights and women's rights has come a long way, and there were a big subset of mostly middle-class white women that were kind of removed and now they're not removed and the youth turn out you know put put all those middle-class white women that are now voting blue aside Mm. whoa those youths i mean you saw it in wisconsin especially especially near college campuses with turnout just recently just this past two weeks but whoa um saw it in the we saw it in the midterms i i think you have Mm. it 100 correct it didn't work yeah. it brought out the exact people they thought were going to come in their defense they were going to come to their side mm. they love strong economic policies bs they love living they love not having you know horrible yeah, yeah. children they don't want to give birth i mean it was yeah, they didn't do a cost benefit <laughs> you know yeah. analysis i think on a long-term basis the republican party with the abor- with yeah. you know their abortion stance i think you hit the nail on the head yeah. they did not think it would mobilize the voters it did in the way it did and now they have to back up yeah yeah well i i thought um I, the, the same thing will happen with marijuana, by the way. That, yeah, that's happened yeah, here, I yeah. believe. I, th- I th- thinking back to last year, and uh, I had a, a, a woman who came to me who, who was angry. Mm-hmm. She was an angry woman. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that in, in a stereotypical way. She was, she was just pissed. Yeah. She, she was angry, and we were talking about it. And uh, I, I was working with her to, um, she was going to have a, her second child. Mm-hmm. Uh, to plan an itinerary uh, in her travels back to the Midwest right. uh, to avoid states where if she if had, something went wrong. had medical complications, right. uh, she, would, uh, she would need uh, a care that uh, you know, she didn't want to be worrying about. I thought that there was a tremendous amount of um, uh, dissatisfaction um, even before... Uh, the, the the overturn of Roe in my dealings with with women and meeting women and and talking to women, um, 
And I think that abortion decision, uh, and we're talking about women, the women's vote, ties into the youth vote with what happened in Tennessee, where you have these two men who did nothing to merit removal from the chamber. Exercised uh, their uh, constitutional uh, right to peacefully constitutional protest. Exercised their constitutional rights. Yeah. And, and, and it, didn't, it didn't work out. It didn't work out for the Republican hierarchy, though. So now... So now, now what? <laughs> now the, 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 these, got, these, these two men are coming back. Right. Uh, and when you, when you listen to what these two young men said in their eloquence, which, which reminds me, uh, reminiscent of Dr. King, um, it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It was really embarrassing because it's so transparent right. that they don't want they don't want people of color to have a voice, uh, and we can extend that to say that they don't want young people to have a voice. We can extend that to say they don't want women to have a voice. Correct. And you know what were these what were these uh, legislators and the young people who were in the chamber? And in the in the hall of the legislature that they protesting against, they were protesting against the lack of of a sane gun policy, and that young people of their age were being killed in the schools. Teachers were being killed. Um, we we saw a couple of days ago Louisville. with Louisville again a man who was very disturbed and. I'm very troubled by that case. I'm very troubled because the parents knew he was very disturbed. Mm-hmm. The man who was a friend of his knew he was disturbed. knew he was very disturbed. And somehow you can go out. Apparently, you can buy any kind of weapon you want. There's no kind of regulation. And I, I tell you what I'm afraid of. I'll tell you what I'm afraid of. <laughs> And I, I hope that, I hope that I'm wrong on this. I think people are going to start arming themselves. You're going to start I, seeing this now. You're right, but I think where that, people who ordinarily would not get a gun are going to get a gun. I think that will be the only way we get meaningful gun legislation yeah. is yeah. if the people they do not really want armed, and yeah. by they I mean the omnipotent NRA Republican mm-hmm. Party sort of people that keep these loose gun control yeah. policies intact. Yeah. Um, that they, right, they're mm-hmm. scared of a certain people being armed, a certain type yeah. of person. Uh, much of the people we've discussed most, mostly throughout this show, mm-hmm. women, minorities, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's who they don't want to see armed. And they have to. We will have to be armed because it's a bank, it's a grocery store, it's yeah. a school, it's a movie theater, it's anywhere. Yeah. It's anywhere you go now. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you're 100% right. But I think almost that may be a good thing not to put more money in the pockets of NRA to tell everybody to go get strapped. Mm-hmm. But I do think mm-hmm. if the wrong people in the eyes of the they, right, mm-hmm. and the omnipotent they if the wrong people get their hands on guns mm. uh that we really could see some change so maybe yeah. i should go get a gun maybe that should be yeah. my next thing to do <laughs> um <laughs> no it, it, it's but I think you're right. I think people have to. I will say the one thing that this did bring up, and I, we saw it again in Nashville, um, is just how horrifying that response, the police response in Uvalde, had to be. Because mm. now we're seeing body cam yeah, footage yeah. come out from these recent shootings yeah, where yeah. you are seeing a quick police yeah, response yeah. that is certainly saving lives. They you're mean. seeing the sort of bravery, the quickness. You're yeah. seeing training in a lot yeah. of these body cam videos that are coming out yeah. now. So I, I really hope, if anything, mm. comes out of this mass yeah. death, this horrible tragedy, this 
this fear and, and blatant just, I mean, distrust for the government that we all must have because of the gun laws in this country, at least maybe, maybe we can force these cops to have some bravery and want to be like the men they see on these horrendous videos that cause, cause us all trauma. Like, yeah. If nothing yeah. else, right? And, and, and you know what, what the other interest, not interesting thing about it is, under the law of Kentucky now, mm-hmm. this, this, this gun can be sold at auction. So somebody, some other person can get a hold of it. And of course, a lot of the people who were killed and and one of the police officers who was in critical condition had grievous wounds. Mm -hmm. So this is a, this is a weapon that inflicts the massive amount of, most massive amount of damage it can on, on another person. In as in as little time as possible. In as little time as possible, and I and I keep saying to myself, what is the justification societally for having these kind of weapons? What is the benefit of it? George Washington, or any of our founding fathers, <laughs> would shoot one of those guns, and it would knock those wooden teeth right out of their mouth, <laughs> and they would be gone. Like it, they just, with no conceptualization, you're not to make light of it, but seriously, no. they had no conceptualization no. of what we would have have today the kind of power and how it would be available to not a well-regulated militia like the second amendment says but bob but joe but idiots but mentally ill idiots i just whoa whoa and and then the fact that they you know it's false equivalencies by the right and then nra dirty money and dead kids well there's a (laughs) just what there's a movie that was made i guess it was 2010 or 2011 called beautiful boy with Timothy Chalamet, it's a good movie. Yeah, well, there were two of them, but this this one was the one. Uh, it was about it was about uh, the the shootings at Virginia Tech. Oh, not the one I saw. Yeah, and and this was a movie about how the parents of the shooter were dealing with what happened, mm. and how he had all kinds of issues that were not that were not resolved. Right. Uh, and you know, you mentioned, of course, what happened in Uvalde uh, a few days ago, mm-hmm. when they were they had a verdict in, in in Texas of a case when they had the Black Lives Matter protesting after George Floyd was killed. A man was shot to death who was a protester, mm-hmm. and the person who did it basically. Uh, drove his car into the crowd, and then he claimed. I remember that. Yeah, I remember he, that. Then he claimed that he was being threatened by the crowd, and he shot. He shot this man to death. Okay, it went to it, the, the case was tried. It went to a jury. The jury found him guilty. The governor of Texas now wants to pardon him before he even spends a day in jail. First of all, the pardon, when a pardon is granted, it's rarely granted in the immediacy of a verdict. Right. It's a number of months later, like, yep. which is the usual case. But the, the logic of this is, well, they have a stand your ground law, apparently, in Texas, even though he drove the truck in a, yeah. into the crowd. He wasn't, it wasn't like somebody's coming after right. you. You know, and, and, and you see these you see these these cases and you get an idea basically that there's a prioritization of victims. In other words, in the case of Uvalde, who were who were most of the victims? They were Hispanic kids. Yep. 
in this in the case of the the, the thing in, uh, that happened in Texas, it, it was a black man. Uh, you know, it, 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 at a certain point, you have to face what it is. Right. You know. Right. When 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 Stuart Stevens, who's who's who would never be accused of being a liberal, and has been involved in uh, politics for decades says it's all about race. I mean, what else would you conclude? I mean, how was it, how was it when they had the, uh, the vote to uh, 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 remove the two black legislators that they didn't remove the, the white the, woman? I mean, come on. Right. Well, and then, you know, 100%. Like, look at the response time in Louisville. Granted, it was in a downtown, very metropolitan mm. center area bank, but it's a bank. It's a bank with a bunch of white workers. They were there quickly, and he was dead quickly. Yeah. And then you're at a Christian school. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there, I think there's something to that. A hundred percent. And and then it, it does. It sort yeah, of yeah. Um, tarnishes um, what what the victims could end up standing for, and the change that they could end up. You know, that the sense of life lost could mean more mm. if we were willing to ho- have some level of accountability yeah. whether it be for cops whether it be for you know response to whatever it is but yeah. tragic and i think there's something to it to what you've offered absolutely i i don't know you know from from not knowing what happened you know before i was born right um i i i, I it just i struggle to understand the acceptance of our society oh, we've gotten here as to these crimes. Yeah. Uh, and I know we have a diverse society. I know that we have people from many different countries. I know that sometimes that can be an impediment to getting things done. But I cannot, I cannot rationalize, I cannot uh, uh, understand how certain countries, take New Zealand, for example, that in a matter of days, they're able to come up with a gun policy. And, and, and in Japan... They have four or five murders a year by gun, and and, and you know, having traveled to the Orient, uh, where gun crime is is very minimal. Yeah. Yes, you can say we have a diverse society, but there's something more going on there, and I think it's our our, our society. Oh, 100%. It's our, I, I think yep. it's a culture yep. of violence. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, we were born out of violence. We were right? born out of violence. We were born out of violence, and we, we, when you watch, when you turn around your television on a Saturday night, and you see the programming that's on, a lot of it is violent, misogynistic programming. Right. This is the audience that they're trying to appeal to. It's it's seeing two, two men in a case. Uh, last Saturday night, two women basically trying to beat each other to a pulp. Now, what is the societal value of the UFC of, <laughs> of seeing two people try to beat each other to a pulp? I hear you. I, I, I don't I don't I don't get it. I'm a, I'm a big UFC I fan. I had a little money on that. I, for me, it's for Lana to make money, professor. That's that's what it's <laughs> no. for. No, I'm uh, no, I hear you. No, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Um and I, I think I, I think very much it's just who who we've become and yeah. what we are and, and let's think about where our country leads right yeah. does our country lead in per capita gdp no does our country lead in you know n- number of leading institutions ranked institutions in higher education no where does it lead professor military mm. spending military spending and military the, spending and the highest rate of incarcerated people basically right. so it's it's 
that's this is who we are. I yeah. mean, the metrics tell the story, right? Yeah. I mean, we are no longer, never really were this, right. you know, superpower. The, the you look to us to be this, mm. you know, not no, yeah, no, yeah. we're yeah. violent. Yeah. We are, and that's how we've maintained this power that is supposed, in my mind, is violence. Yeah. Um, well, if you watch, if you watch uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's "There Will Be Blood," if you watch the Coen Brothers, right? Uh, uh, you know, a, a movie. Uh, 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 that uh, Tommy Lee Jones was in with right. Javier Bardem, No Country for Old Men. I mean, it's there. It's there. It, it's it's part of our, I guess, how the country was created in a sense. With you know, we, we deprived we deprived the slaves, we deprived the indigenous people, we took people's land, right. we built all these things, but there's there's a lack of moral. I don't know moral uh, uh, guidelines, you know, you know, and you see, you see how you have all these when you go on Direct TV some night, and you see all these religious shows that are on. You can, there's like twenty of them, but the society is a moral. Yeah, you know, I can have all the shows in the world, but all these things are going on, and people, and there's there's an acceptance of it. So when they say, you know, it's time for prayer and it's time for reflection. I'm all for prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm all for. I'm, I pray. I pray. Right. Okay. But it's past the time for prayer. We've moved past prayer. Right. Now is the time to, to take the bull by the horns and do something. And and and, and you. I know you wanted to talk about the, um, very fine, uh, 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 documentary about Brooke Shields on Hulu. Um, yeah. So listen, if you haven't watched that, you should give it you should give it a watch for sure. Um, I think it speaks. And, and if you don't know anything about Brooke Shields, certainly it's interesting from her perspective. But I think it speaks larger to how we treat women, how we treat beautiful women and how they are handled at such a young age mm. and how youthfulness has sort of become. Um, and then I think it, do, it does a really good job um, encapsulating how, how terrible we handle motherhood and certain mm. problems that are associated with motherhood in this country, too. So if not only to see Brooke Shields, um, it, it certainly is. Is, it speaks to something much more sinister and larger that is that is going on to this country mm. and sort of through her lens, um, and, and I, I think it's important because I, I don't I don't think the average man you know median voter man um, sort of understands what how how young um, women can begin to get sexualized mm. and I shouldn't say women children children um, mm. you know it started for me personally at probably eleven probably twelve I think Brooke Shields was even younger I think for a lot of women especially women of color who tend to develop a little younger it becomes even younger for them mm. um, and then you have this problem where they're viewed as older even though they're younger and then people handle mature topics or try to treat them more mm. maturely than they actually are and this goes across the board for women mm. but especially women of color um, and I think you know for Brooke Shields to come out and sort of allow these topics to be talked about through her lens, right? And mm. use her life as sort of a jumping point to have these larger mm. conversations about how women are handled uh, is is really something, really impeccable and, and props to her. Um, I think the only thing that makes me draw pause is that her daughters are now sort of involved in the very same industry that mm. I think warped and, and uh, took her in, in a different direction yeah. than maybe she could have been had she not been involved in an industry like that. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, that made me draw a little bit of pause, but for the vast majority mm. of um, that that Brooke Shields, it's called Pretty Baby mm. um, on Hulu. I yeah. would really give that a watch, and it yeah. really is some food for thought. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and I, and I think that uh, I think that uh, that industry uh, has to take a look at itself uh, very carefully because there are a lot of uh, uh, instances 
where these where the kids in particular have been exploited, mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, people have to look in the mirror as to how you you would you act, right? Basically, you know. Right. I think that's 100 percent right. Um, So we are coming down to some of our last few shows of this semester. I am graduating law school. So we do really want to hear from you guys if you have anything we want to talk about before this show ends up. It's wonderful two year run. So um, W.E. T-H-E-L-1 at unlv.nevada.edu if you have anything that you would like us to discuss that you haven't heard the professor and I discuss. Um, I'm just hoping when we come and we bring the next show to light that we don't have another mass shooting to talk about. Um, mm. Maybe we can have one week where <laughs> where that doesn't happen. Mm. Um, so we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to our show. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us at Wethel1, that's W-E-T-H-E-L-1 at nevada.unlv.edu or to contact Professor Charles Stanton, contact him at C-H-A-R-L-E-S, that's Charles.Stanton, S-T-A-N-T-O-N at unlv.edu. See you you next time. time.